0: Hello and welcome to CAA Conversations. I'm here today with Steve Snell and Sarah Berkley. We're going to be talking about performance and the Academy. Steve Snell is an assistant professor in the Foundation Department at Kansas City Art Institute, whose work is inspired by American history, mythology, and the image and experience of adventure. Sarah Berkeley is an artist who works across media questioning cultural norms such as the nine-to-five workday, the office environment, indoor living, gender stereotypes, and the voluntary sharing of personal data. And without any further ado, I'm going to hand the conversation over to these two. Hi. Well, <laughs> hey, Sarah. So um, talking about performance in the academy, I think that's probably something we both have in common in terms of our teaching practices and I guess my first question, because I, I don't really know um, what the role of performance takes in in your classes. Like, do you teach like a performance art class, or do you find that performative work finds its way into other you know discipline or media specific classes?
1: Yeah, I would say the second thing. Um, I've actually never taught a performance class. However, I would like to. Um, but I bring in a lot of body awareness into all of my classes. So. Um, it does sort of move toward performance, even in like a photography class. Um, we do a lot of kind of sensory awareness type of things. Um, so I don't know that the students would think of it as performance, but it is related to performance.
0: Yeah, I have a similar, uh, I guess, relationship with it in my classes. Although, like, I'm coming at it from a foundation um, perspective, uh, both in the fall and in the spring. So. In the fall when I'm teaching like 2D design and 3D design and time-based media kind of all at once in the way the program is, I at different points try and bring in performative elements, but it's not necessarily uh, like a unit on performance art. And sometimes I don't even know if the students necessarily like. Know that that's what we're doing until (laughs) the fact. And I think, like, I don't know, from my perspective, like, sometimes I like I intentionally kind of like conceal that because I um I want them to be open to it. And I think maybe sometimes the work is more interesting when like any kind of like preconception is maybe maybe not there. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And in my case you know, I've been teaching at Nebraska Wesleyan University where most of the students would come in not really knowing what performance art is or having heard of it. So, um, and, and in that position, it, there was no, you know, like it wasn't part of the curriculum to teach performance, um, which I think is a case at most schools. Um, but I also found in the foundations class that was Um, One where I integrated the most kind of performative um, type of exercises um, or projects that could lead to a performance or they could lead to a different um, genre of art, but, um, you know, definitely engage the body in the process. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what you think about this, um, you know, because I've been thinking and noticing like there are so few um, like performance art departments in universities and... Um, It seems to me that performance art itself is inherently non-academic, and um, I know some people feel very strongly that it should remain that way, Um, and, you know, in the UK they have performance art sort of nestled in theater departments, um, whereas here, at least at the school at Nebraska Wesleyan, the theater department was focused on musical theater, so performance art just didn't fit there, and it also didn't really fit in the visual art department. So I think there a lot of schools sort of have that dilemma, um, but I'm wondering kind of what you think about that, that there is so little performance art, you know, in officially in the academy.
0: Yeah, well, I guess I'm somewhat, um, I don't know if ambivalent is the right word, but like somewhat conflicted because I know, yeah, at KCAI, there is no performance art department, um, but performance art like pervades like multiple departments, whether that's in painting or in sculpture, and definitely throughout foundation, like I'm not the only faculty member that might have performance based work, but it's it's not a major. Like I know um, I had a student a few years ago that left to go pursue like a performance art major, I think in Chicago. Um, yeah. And I remember when I when I applied for the job, um, they like part of the of the appeal for I think them bringing me in was like my background with performative work. Um, and in the spring, when there are kind of specific um, workshops like a ph- photography or a painting, I think you know there was a certain kind of pressure for me to lead like the performance workshop. Um, but also like I think in, in my own practice I'm like somewhat of a reluctant performance artist like I don't necessarily want to be a performance art professor yet I I find like performative work to be really important to like a lot of the um a lot of the processes and like curriculum that I, I am interested in teaching so I'll I'll teach a workshop that is like heavily performative um but it's it's not you know I don't overly define it as like the performance workshop and I I actually, um, I don't know, I just, I don't know what it is about me, but I I, I, I kind of shy away from, from trying to make it, it um, I guess, what the word would be was, I forget what your question was in the beginning, but, you know, it's like a standalone uh, defined um, medium or process. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. I also have mixed feelings about it because... You know, it's fun to go to a performance art festival and you have people who have like an acting background or a dance background or a visual art background or are completely self taught and it's kind of this like scrappy group of people who just are making work with their bodies and, um, and I I really love that like how open it is um, to the different avenues people come to performance. at the same time, just in terms of practical things like jobs, it would be nice if there, you know, if there were more jobs where it was clearly a performance art teaching job, and also for students who are interested in pursuing that. because um, like I know SAIC has a performance department, and University of Northern Iowa does, and there are just very few that do. Um, but I think, like I said, I think it's also kind of a strength that. Uh, performance art has not been professionalized in the way that, you know, like painting is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. I guess I'm with you on that. I and like kind of racking my brain. Like I don't know if I've ever seen a job opening for a performance art professor. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, but there, there still is like an expectation at different schools that you know you you teach performance or um, it's a, it's it seems valued on certain levels, but maybe just not enough to warrant a job search which yeah. is yeah I guess kind of messed up
1: yeah I don't know it's it's interesting
0: I guess like in talking about performance like one of my questions was like I kind of already hinted at it before like my own kind of reluctance to define myself as a performance artist and I I feel like that definitely impacts the way I teach it um because I don't know I think for me it's probably in my own like insecurity or like um, stage fright etc like i i'll put myself in situations of performance and it definitely can be called performance art but i um i guess like it makes me nervous and uncomfortable and i'm sure that like timidity has affected the way i, I teach performance like i i really try with students to um we you know power in numbers like if we do like a public event like. We go out as a group, so we're not self-conscious, right? And yeah. <laughs> it, like, spilled, like, confidence. And I think it really helps, at least I think it does. It helps me and it helps students that maybe are not natural performers or mm-hmm. interested in taking on, like, a public stage. Um, and there's other other things like that that I'm sure in my own practice has affected my, my teaching of performance. But I'm, I guess I'd be interested for you, like, how do you uh, – Approach that, or how do you feel like your own work affects the way you teach it in the classroom? Mm.
1: Yeah, I think um, I was thinking when you're talking about your Conestoga Wagon project and how that's like so much about the action of doing it. Um, you know, when I think there's, I also have this kind of uh, block when I think about performance art as like performing on a stage or in like a venue or something like that. Um, that that doesn't um, inspire me. Like I don't really have ideas for those kind of um, spaces because my work like yours is also site specific and it's responding to a certain site and a history and you know, what's happening there. Um, So yeah, with my teaching in foundations, I did this project, which I called the Derive, you know, after um, Guy Debord. And so that one started, so I basically broke down my process where the students would choose a site to go to and then um, kind of be there um, for a certain amount of time engaging their senses and kind of gather data, which could be drawings or photographs or memories or whatever. And then they bring that back to the classroom and present it as a collection. Um, and then we kind of look at this data together and um, analyze it and discuss what's what's interesting. And then, then they go back to um, the site and kind of hone what that, what their interests are there. Um, There's also some historical research or talking to people who know more about the site. And then, um, yeah, from there, they develop some kind of piece, which could be performance, or it could be, you know, a video or whatever they want to do. So that's sort of one way that I've integrated that. And, you know, as I was thinking about this conversation and this process of like step one, two, three, four, and five. And I was like, do I really do that in my own projects? And I think my process is a little bit more um, organic in terms of how I approach a site and maybe it takes a little longer than a classroom assignment to really make something. It's like repeat visits and a lot more kind of chance encounters and um, randomness of what I discover there. Mm-hmm. but I that's it's similar to that process I use in that project
0: yeah that that makes a lot of sense and I can definitely relate um I love the idea of picking a, a site I don't know if I've ever approached uh, that in the classroom and in quite the same way but I'm definitely interested and also in regards to like just my own practice I'm like not just in performance but I'm like man I wish I would just like do what I, like, tell my students to do (laughs) in (laughs) terms (laughs) of because it's a lot cleaner and it seems like so much more straightforward and and easier in a way. Um, But I I tend to never really do that um, in quite the same methodical approach. I guess rather than um, sites, what I always, not always, but often rely on is just, like, the object and, like, using, like, an object as a starting point for experience or performance. So whether it's, like you mentioned, like, building a Conestoga wagon, it's like, okay, now we've built this wagon, what are we going to do with it? Oh, we're going to hike, you know, 55 miles to Museum of Nebraska Art, Um, in like a less like, kind of ambitious duration kind of way. Um, I like to, like, one of my favorite projects, and it was just this past year that I kind of turned it more performative, is a really nice icebreaker with the foundation group. Is just to give them rolls of craft paper and be like, put them into groups of four and be like, okay, I want you to build a house or a shelter you <laughs> can all, like, you know, stand under or sit under, whatever it yeah. is. Ain't everybody, and they, you're not allowed to use anything but you know, masking tape and butcher paper. And they have, you know, our classes are like four hours, they've got like three hours to like build this thing, and um. And in years past, I, I've always just really used it as like an icebreaker team building kind of thing. And we can talk about like construction. But it wasn't until this past year that I was like, it was just a beautiful day. So the following day, after they had a chance to like redesign their shelters, I, I mean, I didn't really give them any heads up. And I think that was part of the success was like brainstorm as a group, you know, like 20 things you could use this for. And and then after they brainstormed it, I was like, okay, now you got to pick one and go do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they
0: came up with, like, really, like, pretty interesting, like, ideas that were like, as simple as, like, taking it out to the green and, like, turning it into a coffee house or playing video games in it. Or, like, other people, you know, turned it into, like, I forget what those are called, but they're, like, almost like a gate that people have to walk under. And they, like, played music and greeted people. And so it, like... Kind of unexpectedly turned into these like site-specific performances around campus. Yeah, one group sold lemonade out of theirs. I cool. thought like, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wow, I would have never thought of that. And I think, yeah, like, um, like things like whether it's in in your case like picking a site or making a, an object, but then having to like come up with some sort of action or event from that sometimes like creates really unexpected and interesting outcomes. Mm-hmm. When Mm -hmm. if I were to tell students, like, okay, I want you to think of a performance, I'm just like, I think my fears in approaching it that way is that they're going to look to like really stereotypical art historical examples. Mm -hmm. Like, in some cases, like, that's the last thing I want them to do. Like, I I want them to do not something that's going to like mutilate their body or, you know, solves in danger or just be, you know, it's the same thing that's been done a number of times.
1: Yeah, I also like the prompt of um, brainstorming possibilities. Like I did this once at the um, Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago with a class where the first part of the class was just wander around and observe things that people are doing and things people are not doing. So they had to make a list of 10 of each. What are they doing? What are they not doing? And then they had to choose one of the things they were not doing and then go do it in the museum. And (laughs) That was pretty fun. Parameters were also, you cannot hurt yourself or anybody else or the artwork, you know? Yeah. Um, But that was pretty cool. I had one guy, he was like a very um, muscular kind of, I don't know, he kind of looked like a, what you think of like a Midwestern farm kid, you know, like really, and very masculine kind of identity. And so he chose this, red painting and he sat in front of it and then he just stood up and howled really really loud (laughs) and this was was on a saturday was like like
0: watching this or was it done like kind of in private
1: yeah no the class wasn't watching because i just said go do it and i'll come find you and him he i don't remember if he told me what he was doing but i was there and all the security guards were like, you know, on their walkie talkies and, and they, I guess because I had a camera recording it, they were like, Oh, it's a performance. It's a performance, but you could hear this like sound echoing throughout the whole museum. And, um, yeah, so I like the, the kind of gestures that you're talking about too, where it's, it's an immediate response or an immediate kind of like problem solving action, um, Mm -hmm. that, I think maybe the hesitation you're mentioning about performance is when we think of it as um, this sort of acting thing where there's this Mm -hmm. kind of superficiality or, you know, making something that's not authentic to who we are. Whereas the kind of, and I'm not not saying performance art is that, but I I guess I want to always maintain that, like, this is me doing the action in Mm -hmm. real life, you know, and, the same for the students. Um, And then sometimes when it's like planned and rehearsed and so on, it's a really different kind of experience.
0: Yeah. I like the way you put that in terms of like the authenticity and like thinking back. I mean, those have always been some of my favorite moments as a teacher too, is like when those really authentic moments come through within like student performative work where like I can i can just you can i can tell like this is who this this is totally this person and you know it often ends with like just you know very happy or smiling or laughing or you know crying <laughs> because it's just like such an unexpected moment of you know of of an act that seems very genuine to who this person is in yeah. this situation
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, well i have a question for you too and um i been thinking about this with my latest project. You know, you have done these kind of durational performances. The you know the Conestoga wagon and the Lewis and Clark one that involved these kind of long journeys. And it was really important that you um, you know do the journey, which is different than performing for the camera and thinking ahead specifically just about creating images to make a video. Yeah. Um, and, but there's also, you know, those images are happening. And I've been thinking about this with my most recent project, which is involving taking out these invasive species of an autumn olive bush. And I really wanted the experience of actually doing it, of like removing these bushes. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the first day of shooting, I, I had a shift in the way I was thinking that it, I really need to focus on what the images were that I was creating as I did it. And that Mm -hmm. some of the work I could just do off camera because Mm -hmm. I wanted to do it. Um, And I'm kind of curious with your, these kind of epic projects that you've done, how you are thinking about image making um, in connection with the lived experience of doing the work.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I I can definitely relate. I mean, because I I am thinking about image. Um, Like, specifically, I'll talk about like the Lewis and Clark inspired project. So, you know, like, the idea of, um, well, for the podcast, I'll just say, you know, that the dream was to float a cardboard replica of Lewis and Clark's keelboat down about 200 miles in the Missouri River. That turned out to be like a pretty dangerous and bad idea. And so like, there had to be a compromise between like being practical, but also like fulfilling this dream of adventure. Um, so instead of doing it in the in the cardboard boat, like actually doing the same amount of distance just in a kayak, and then, um, you know, shooting film along the way, but then later, creating the image of the cardboard boat via green screen. And I, I think for me, like that solution was actually a lot more. I thought it was better than if I were to have actually like fulfilled the dream of floating the cardboard boat and hiring a camera. Because I was like thinking about like how do I do this? Well, I would need a safety boat that would involve other people, and not only to like keep me on the river, but also to like shoot this like in my head you know this very cinematic compelling dramatic adventurous footage of floating on the river after i had actually done it in a kayak i really realized like that how bad of an idea that would have been and and probably the footage would not have been very interesting um compared to um but not i shouldn't say interesting is not the right word but it wouldn't have been as like composed and as cinematic as like i could create artificially after the fact and so i would say like while the image is definitely important to that work it it like almost it it wasn't as important to me in that moment that i actually do the entire like Mm -hmm. nebraska city to kansas city distance and the kayak um Mm -hmm. and like yeah like i mean i met people along the way but they didn't know i was like i don't even i mean i guess it's performance but it's not important to me that they know that that's a performance for me. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I guess, I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but I, I, I do like kind of go back and forth on like, what's more important here, the image of the experience or the actual experience. And I, yeah. I, it really depends from project to project. Like that project for me was like a very personal one. Like it was important that I, that I do it. And I'm still like obsessed with that river. Like I'm not like done with it, you know, like, I floated it last summer and I want to float it again this summer. And, um, it's just become maybe less important that I make video work about that experience as much as just Mm -hmm. like do the experience. So I'm curious with your invasives, like, are you like, are you saying like with this project, like, is the camera like the idea of like capturing the image, like getting in the way of the actual experience of what you're trying to do or, um, I
1: would say no, partly because there are so many of these bushes out there that I did a lot of cutting, you know, without the camera rolling to have that experience um, as part of the, you know, rehearsal or research before doing it. Um, And I did some after as well, um, knowing that the camera is only going to capture a small, a small amount of the actual labor that I do um yeah I felt like it wasn't a hindrance at all um it just was um it's a different you know you do things differently when the camera's there um I mean I would say more about like angle and lighting or things I'm thinking about more when the camera's there than when it's not um but I don't think the experience was hindered by that at all and actually I think seeing the images is super important um, in terms of like scale and gesture and all of that that I don't see when I'm actually just in the performance Mm -hmm. um, without the camera so um, yeah and also making that piece accessible to other people because of the location and Duration. It needed to be a performance for the camera, um, so that people can get those kind of close-up views on the gestures and the facial expressions and um, and the plant and so on. Um, So yeah, I mean it's that piece is still in process. I'm editing the video now, so we don't know what it's going to be yet. But um, yeah, what was also interesting with that piece is I had um I had a student come out and help me shoot. So she's one of the few performance students in nebraska and so i invited her to come work with me and um, that was really different having her behind the camera um, for a day and a half versus Mm -hmm. the other times when i was shooting and performing at the same time which is pretty cumbersome but in some ways it's also more nimble because you can be a little more spontaneous Um, Mm -hmm. but then there's a lot of a lot of bloopers you know (laughs) like oh it's hard to get the focus when you're like Behind the camera and in front of it, or yeah. you know, know when the lighting is hitting you exactly right, and if you have to climb up in a bush, you know, it's a little bit cumbersome to come back down. And you know, I've had had some moments where I was like cutting this bush and thought, oh, the lighting's perfect, perfect, and I come back and the camera just like shut off, and didn't get any of it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, some anecdotes.
0: Yeah. I look forward to seeing it.
1: Me too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, I guess one thing you just uh, one word you just used a and I which kind of goes back to something we were talking about earlier is uh, the word accessible, like um, both in your personal practice, but in the classroom, like I know for me, like that's I think that's one of my priorities with with performance based work is to, to make it accessible to the students. But also to to, I don't think it always needs to be accessible to everyone by any means. I don't think art has to be that way. That's but that is my like own personal inclination with like a lot of the work I create, and so I think that definitely affects the way I I teach performance based art, you know, um, in the classroom, like the accessibility of it. And I know like like I mentioned before, we like your strategy with with the site specific or mine with with objects. I've always found that like really helpful in, in terms of not just the student finding an outlet for performance, but also for the audience to kind of relate back and understand what, what it is that they're doing. Uh, I'm just thinking like um, like it can be as simple sometimes that like it'll be a game like um, like a, a kind of capture the flag style. like maybe we'll make giant wearable sculptures that you know like limit, that only allow you to see like three feet above your head, like a periscope, but then like, they'll make it. And they'll be like, I always, I don't even call them performances. I just call them like missions or something. I talk about MacGyver and I'm like, you have these materials. Now we got to go use them for something and I'll, you know, go hide peanuts around the sculpture garden or something like that. they will be like, go find all the peanuts. And so they're having fun you know they're experiencing these objects they've made but you know whether or not we call it a performance like I don't think we usually do it's like I call it a mission but everyone's watching I mean there's an audience of strangers or you know their friends saying what it is that they're doing but it's like after the fact that we can bring it back into the classroom and maybe like you know try and contextualize it and talk about was this performance art um why so you know what were the parameters that kind of formed the situation and the audience and and things of that nature, which hopefully then, like, as they get more, um, I don't know, more experience and more direction in their own work, they it might give them, my, my hope is that it gives them, like, a kind of helpful starting point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, like, what you're talking about with, like, humor and play are such helpful strategies to kind of loosen this, like, intellectual exterior that we can get into and that's essential to let go of when we want to access the creative process. Um, so yeah, I think just that like visceral experience of doing something silly is a great way to help people to access that, the immediacy that's essential for being creative. Um, yeah my approach is probably less fun than yours (laughs) Um, a lot of my stuff is based in um, mindfulness um, and kind of zen practice and meditation and so on Um, so a lot of like body awareness breath awareness Um, i do things like and some of them are a little absurd like we do um walking around with your eyes closed so we will have one person be like the spotter and the other person just has to wander around and just see what that experience is like and how that changes your perceptions. Um, Sometimes I've done a sound walk, put on headphones with a microphone and walk around like that and see how you experience the space. Um, Color walk um, is one where you choose a color like blue and then you see something that's blue, you walk toward it and then you look for the next blue thing and you walk toward that and kind of let this um, color lead your um, meandering, uh, right. which I think it's yeah, I, I didn't invent that one by the way, <laughs> but um, I think it's a great way to kind of get us out of again the structures we live in. Like, I think most of us kind of move in grids all the time on like city streets and you know forward, back, left, right, and when we start to move in a more organic way, it also does kind of loosen some of that um, external structure that we live in Mm -hmm. Um, okay I'll ask you a big question okay what is your your hope your vision your aspiration for performance in the academy
0: oh that's a good one (laughs) I don't know if I've ever really thought of it until this conversation I mean I guess my hope for it is that it does um merit like more full-time positions and in terms of like just you know i think there's a certain kind of um well demand and need for more full-time faculty members and i would hope that institutions around the country and the world would respect that enough to hire more people to teach the discipline Um, i don't necessarily want to be one of those full-time faculty members but i also want to maintain you know, a place for performance art in my own curriculum and teaching, because I find that it's like, actually one of the most, I I find it just to be really beneficial, just experiential learning in general. And Mm -hmm. I think performance is like a natural way to like, bring that into the art classroom. And I'm like, even if I wasn't teaching art, I would be bringing performance and experiential learning into, you know, teaching science or math or, or whatever it might be. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good answer. Other than I, I hope that it does um, find more of a full time place and 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 degrees for people that are of interest are interested in that path.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: I, I also feel like I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but um, I I think especially for like okay, so I'll deal with students in in a foundation program, but after that, you know. Um, If that is the direction they want to go, I would hope that there's someone that knows a heck of a lot more about, you know, the theory and just like the broad scope of performance art than what I know and can offer people that are of interest, interested in that. But how about yourself? What's your
1: I haven't thought about it either. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you the hard question. Um, yeah, I guess similarly, I, you know, I think it would be great if it's offered, if there are more offerings for students to do more performance art. Because um, it is so it is so accessible because we all have bodies, you know, and, and that's um, whether we're doing painting or photography or whatever, we're all using our bodies to make art. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think having a performance experience can only make the other, you know, genres of art better as well. Um, mm. you know, like I said at the beginning, I kind of I do have some hesitation about it becoming too professionalized and exclusive because I really love how how accessible it is to everybody that, you know, anybody who has a body can can understand this, you know. Yeah.
0: So. I'm with you on that, I think. And like you mentioned before about that, um, was it a conference or a festival where you know people from different backgrounds and different, um, I guess, levels of, um, well, histories, I should say, with relation to performance art all get together and it sounds like an interesting place.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Excellent. Thanks well, for the
1: good it. Yeah, uh, thank you
0: both so much for yeah, taking part you. in this conversation. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks. It was really fun. Yeah, thank
0: you.